Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. With me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And joining us for the first time on the podcast, the very charming Melanie Waldman. Oh, hey. What's up, guys? Hey, Mel. Uh, really happy to have you on the pod for the first of what's hopefully uh, many times. Um, yes. So. I'm excited um, to be here. Yeah, definitely excited. Yeah, thank to have you. you. Thank you for coming on and uh, you know spending this morning with us uh, for this recording session. So uh, today we are going to be talking about the 1999 um, drama Cruel Intentions uh, starring Ryan Philippa. Is that correct? Is that how you pronounce that? Philippi. Philippi, uh, sorry, my apologies. Philippa. And, <laughs> Philipp, Philippi and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, this movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics and a positive score with audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this movie has 54% approval from the critics, 81% approval from the audiences. So, like, yeah, 27% difference there. And the critics' consensus on this movie. This darkly comic drama and its attractive young cast are easy on the eyes, but uneven performances and an uninspired script conspire to foil cruel intentions. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's um, you know uh, the like initial critic reaction, a bit mixed to negative there. So, um, you, what do you guys think? Is this like a kind of divide you'd expect of this movie? And um, you know, what was your initial like thoughts watching this movie? If it was the first time, or you know, maybe you had seen it before. I start with Mel. Yeah, uh, I did rewatch it before I came on today. Uh, and I was thinking about that like first experience of ever like witnessing it. I think, uh, you know how on VH1 they always had like, I love the 90s. I'm pretty mm -hmm, sure yeah. that there was a clip of like the hottest 90s movies ever and it made the list. And I saw the clip that they showed was Selma Blair making out with um, Buffy. And yep. they're on the lawn in Central Park. Like, who wouldn't want a Central Park makeout session? But I was like, huh, all right, this is on the list. I'll keep it on my bucket list of films to watch. And I just remember watching it for the first time being like, every time a scene would end, just kind of like checking in with myself, like, Do that, th that just happened. They just, mm -hmm. he just told that old lady to go, f uh, we're, we're cursing on the show, right? Yeah, you can curse. By yeah. all means. He, he yeah. told the old lady to go fuck herself or something in the retirement home. And then is like, she's like, I won backgammon three times. <laughs> that sweet old lady had no idea. <laughs> Poor lady. You're like, just like the whole time I, I found myself questioning what was happening IRL. Um, but I, I think I genuinely loved it the first time just because all of those nostalgic players were in it in little ways. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, big, so like, that late 90s, early 2000s, like, you know, teen cast, you know, definitely came in strong. I think that was probably one of the biggest appeals for, like, the younger audiences was just, you know, getting getting this cast in. Uh, what about you, Keith? What was your – was this your first time watching it, or were you familiar with this movie? Uh, the stuff that I was familiar with, like, the pop – like, the stuff that, like, trying to – that people, like, parodied, like, at the ending, the kiss, I, I knew – but I didn't really know, like, the finer details of this movie. I really didn't know the plot of this movie, basically. I just knew, like, the ending. I've seen the ending probably more than I've seen... Yeah, this is my first time seeing the movie, but I've seen the ending many times. Yeah, the uh, ending, I think, is pretty uh, popular, especially, like, with that, that song, the, the Bittersweet Symphony, I think, is, like... it's a bittersweet... Yeah, you think, think of this movie because of, the, like, that song, right. you automatically, like, it's associated with this movie. I'm not sure if it's the movie that made the song famous or the song made the movie famous one way or the other, but they're definitely associated with each other. Uh, and I want to get into the, the ending later because yeah. um, I think the ending is like, you know, a discussion in and of itself. Um, I had never really seen the movie, but I always had a sense of what it was about. I mean, even the title, Cruel Intentions, like mean teens, I guess, doing mean things. <laughs> that was the working title. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but basically, um, 
what I, I kind of got a sense watching this for the first time that this seems to have, like, especially in this opening scene with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe, where like they're plotting their like dastardly plans that like this seems to have some like either like Shakespearean or like kind of like classic literature sort of influence. And sure enough, I didn't know this is based on an 18th century French novel that translates in English the title as the dangerous liaisons um which does not really flow as well in english wow yeah and i guess it does kind of have like these like old like i don't know machiavellian like sort of uh, machinations to it where like these like teens are like you know planning these like sort of evil plans against like their peers but i just have a problem with that opening scene because they're just so like super villainy when they're like, you know, I just, I get this is like a stylistic movie and like the dialogue can be kind of heightened at times, but it was just too like silly to me. Like I wasn't really into it as like, oh, this is like a sexy sort of thing. Like this to me was like, it was like cartoony at times. And I think that has to do with the performances of, especially with Sarah Michelle Geller in this part. I don't know if she was right for this part. I, I don't know if that's a hot I take. I have to what, agree. <laughs> I, I, I'll okay this movie walked so cw could run uh okay yeah yeah this is like wb this is i can totally understand this movie being a guilty pleasure i think that's the like when you think of a guilty pleasure movie this is definitely up there for a lot of people uh this movie (laughs) i didn't hate it but this movie's stupid and, uh, this movie is stupid but it thinks it's smart that's kind of right. what rubs me the wrong way is that like it's kind of presenting itself as this like super smart like you know take on teen like dramas when it's just like really um all style and very little substance to it really uh so that kind of it's like very pretentious basically yes but even like uh i blame the, yeah, it takes itself way too seriously, so you end up laughing at its stupidity. Uh, but mm-hmm. I kept going like, are they, like, this movie was praised for the performances, and I kept going, I guess they're good, but it's the script. They're all talking like thirty-eight-year-olds. <laughs> this yeah. is House of Cards, and they're all talk- like, I, I really, I enjoy Sarah Michelle Gellar. I kind of miss her, uh, and I, and she, her performance does put her in like that. I remember this villain movie, like, character. She, I guess they're having fun with it. This movie only took, like, six weeks to shoot, so I guess you're just having fun with it. Uh, wow. But, I yeah, I know. And But, like, everyone's good with the stuff that's given, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But it's stupid. It's, like, they're given stupid stuff. You know, I kind of had a sense of maybe, like, a rushed shoot with some of these, like, little transition shots or scenes of, like, just Ryan Phillippe just walking through New York just, you know, during some of these, like, contemplative scenes, you know, or just, you know, him and Reese Witherspoon walking across the bridge. Like, it all seemed just kind of rushed. Like, I kind of get the sense that the actors don't even know the context of some of these little shots here and right, there. Right, right. You know, it just, it the, just seemed, like, a little off at times. Um, the whole, with that. um teen drama thing though like you were so right jj that even the movie poster is just their faces it is ryan Phillippe, sarah michelle geller selma blair just sitting there and looking like kind of sexy like like yeah like come posing. hither come hither like so that machiavellian thing you were talking about stylistically like they keep trying to peep that through in the costumes in the oh, yeah. style of the apartment that they live in the blue walls like it the was whores, the whores dress in black and the angel dresses in white and yes. they never oh, change anything to to- else head right. to toe he's wearing that freak he's looked he might as well have been filming the matrix throughout the whole movie yeah right i mean it's i mean obviously subtlety is not something this movie was shooting for um, <laughs> no, no, no but like that goes without saying i suppose but uh you know sarah michelle geller's yeah some of her outfits like this is supposed to be like, um, you know, a, a prep school, high school, rich girl who, you know, gets her way and is supposed to be like, you know, high society. But she dresses like an old woman half the time, you know, like when she is in Central Park with Samuel Blair during that like practice makeout session, she is dressed with like this huge black hat and she's dressed like it's like some Victorian era, like, you know, day in the park or something. And I 
again that kind of was like a weird clash like this is a a seductive you know she devil but she is dressing like it's i don't know like she just got out of the convent or something (laughs) it's it's selva blair like i like selva blair but like is her character more or less stupid like did she have a learning disability like that's what it seemed like (laughs) yeah to me it seemed that way i mean like I actually was quite irritated by her character because she was constantly acting like like a six year old. I just didn't understand that. Like, okay, she's naive. I get that, but she was like hamming it up too much. Where I'm like, this girl seems like she should be in like, you know, um, she seems like she was like mentally handicapped at times. It was it was like not to be <laughs> yeah. too mean, but it was just too much with that sort of like naive girl who has no idea she's being manipulated sort of thing. It it was like. Just kind of um, irritating from an audience point of view. I think that was definitely a thing. Um, She was just flailed about on that set, too, if you didn't notice. They just keep throwing her off of shit onto the floor. Right, like throws her off the bed. At least he throws her off the bed. Um, They're very, like, physically abusive with her. They just are jolting her around. And Mm -hmm. I think where that comes from is probably is going to be from the director to be like no i want her to be a little bit more irritating how can we how can we make her more she has these little squeaks that she does like just oh, oh. like yeah. you just hear that on repeat that got on my the nerves. Whole thing. yeah mm-hmm. i that i re- remember weirdly like without having to rewatch it i just remember her making these squirrel noises just yeah the kinds that like children make when they're giddy like i agree that probably is more like of a of like a director's choice to craft that character that way. Uh, Cause I feel like Samuel Blair is usually a much better actress than that. And like other things I've seen her in. So I, you know, it was love her. again, like everything has to be on like the extreme in this movie. So I guess they were thinking the same thing with making her character so naive that she was like a child, you know, like stunted maturity level here. Uh, but it was, it was just too much. You know, it didn't I, have to be that with her character. Uh, I, I mean this comment as objectively as possible, but this feels like a a well produced student film, college oh. student film. You know like what? It, it, I it, it has that. It has that. Like, like you know, it has the budget. It has like a. Re- it made a lot of money, but it has a, a decent budget for you know get cameras and a studio behind it. But the before, like even like the idea of like let me adapt dangerous liaisons with uh, preppy kids. Like it feels like that. Yeah, actually, I really like that point you made because uh, now that you say that, I I could totally that's how I'll totally view this movie now. Uh, it's like <laughs> if someone submitted, if, it's like if someone had decided to produce a script that was submitted by like for a student contest, and yes. they picked this out and decided to like make a major studio, you know, movie with this student contest script. That is now like the vibe I'm getting from it. Now, can you remind me who the director is of this? Because Mr. Director, I Uh, believe I was uh, looking through the Rotten Tomatoes scores and reading some of the not so nice reviews. uh, And somebody pointed out, I believe this director also was the director behind Dumb and Dumber. The writer, the writer behind the writer. So I'm sorry, I was attacking the director was coming for them. But still, if you keep that in mind, I think it makes a little bit more sense as to like where that goofiness wants to come through. But it mm-hmm. just it just often falls so flat because it's not even on the same level of a script as Dumb and Dumber is. Well, it's a totally I, different genre. I mean, you know, obviously this one is like um, trying to shoot for something like way more intellectual. And like, is know, it a dark comedy? Is it a dramedy? Is it just a drama? Like, wh- where are we? I, I will I will agree I, I that probably definitely seeped into the, his writing and his directing. I still think he tried to make like this prestigious uh, teen drama, but this was his first. I, his name is Roger. Let's put. I don't want to put him on blaster. Roger Cumble. Uh, sorry, Roger. This was his first. Yeah, sorry. I mean, hey, this this it's in the lexicon. This movie is part of the yeah grand slate of 1999 movies but unlike those this happened to stay in 1999 uh but but this was his first movie and uh i think 
the reason I can't remember the studio, I think it was Columbia. The reason this got, uh, probably got the studio backing was because this was around the same time. A lot of studios were delving into, um, adaptate teen adaptations of like Shakespeare. Like, you know, I think it started with Clueless. And then I think this is the same year as 10 things I hate about you, uh, yes. or around that time. I think it was just like, okay, let's pick up everything that we can. This is, you know, it's, Amazing this was a big trend at the time, but yeah. Well, it's going for a different tone, I guess, than some of those other adaptations. Oh, yeah. But yeah, definitely like a similar idea. Like, yeah, let's take this classic literature and update it for like modern teens, which is not a bad idea. It sounds appealing, uh, but it's just been done so much more interestingly and um, just executed better with a movie like Clueless, for example. That's probably the best sort of like translation you know, from classic literature to, like, relevant teen, you know, sort of um, comedy drama. As if. Your friends close and your enemies closer. When I get through with Cecile, she'll be the premier tramp of the New York area. And poor Court's new little princess will be damaged goods. Why go through Cecile? Why not just attack Court? Because if there's an attack made on Court, it could be traced back to me. I can't allow that to happen. Everybody loves me. And I intend to keep it that way. Hmm. I see your point. Why should I care? Because I need you to seduce our young Cecile. She's quite cute, you know? Young, supple breasts, a tight arm, ass, uncharted. Be her captain, Picard Valmont. Boldly go where no man has gone before. As much as I'm not crazy about Sarah Michelle Geller, I did really like Reese Witherspoon in this movie. I thought she was probably like my favorite performance, maybe because she's probably the least heightened character. You know, she's maybe the most relatable character. Um, and yeah, I just, I like how, you know, she's like standing up for herself and, um, yeah, Reese Witherspoon is always charming in everything she's in. And she's going to be a star. She's going to be a star <laughs> of that one. I know. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised because, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar was always like the, the one that you hear about. And Reese Witherspoon, yeah, she, I, I thought she was good. Uh, can I ask, did we ever care about Ryan? Or what was it, Sebastian? Did we ever care about oh, his this, character? That's the problem I have. We're supposed to right towards the end, but then they establish him in the beginning as this like total like, you know, sociopath. So like I I, I had a hard time. Like he kind of flipped quickly, right? Yeah. Like for like the first half of the movie, he's like on this mission and he's like just as crazy as his sister. And then all of a sudden it's like he's falling in love with Reese Witherspoon and now he's like a human. Just but like very quickly. <laughs> there's like there's no there's no transition into that. So it's like, right. oh, okay, when did this There's happen? a lot of tears. There's a lot mm -hmm. of emotion. And IRL, they were married. So there was yes, a lot of feeling behind that. Time. They were dating during this time, Lady married, now separated. So mm -hmm. I did think yeah. the chemistry came across even yeah, in the right. heightened. Right. Like, I, Sebastian came off as like, like to be, I'm like, I get it. It's heightened everywhere. Like, he's holding hands right outside the mall. It's like, what's her problem? Like, I guess she needs therapy. You want to? Oh go my have god! Sex? I saw. And that I'm like, okay, this too. is the kind of movie. This is the kind of movie that's gonna be. This is Riverdale. This is a CW. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but it's a. I I wanted to. As I'm watching this movie, I'm going, okay. I've learned from other movies that not every main character has to be likable to be a good movie. Uh, Fair. And he does go through an arc, I guess. Like he does, as you said, it's flip of the switch. He's just like, oh, my, uh, I, what I've been doing is wrong. And, <laughs> but at when, towards the end, I'm just like, oh, I don't care what happens to him. I like, right. I, I, and I feel bad, but I guess it was just, it was like a paper character or like a 2D character that just like, yes. oh, yeah, by the way, I love you. Well, he kind of is um, like throughout the movie even though he's falling for reese witherspoon he's still like you know having sex with Semmel blair right that's like implied 
I don't think they do the deed. I think it's like very much do they or don't they? I I mean like I was so I was watching this with Eric and like I didn't really pick up on that at first that they had had sex. Like I guess the scene where she where he pushes her off the bed is like a, like a, like a post sex sort of scene. Oh uh, yeah, she said I, she likes it on I, top this time. And I I'm thought like, okay, I thought you probably... meant Sarah Michelle Geller. That's what oh, I was so, like. Wait, but yeah, oh, you're right. So, Selma Blair, yes, they do the deed. Right, right, they right. Definitely that's what do. I'm saying. But I mean, so you know, he's still having sex with Selma Blair, and then even like him and his sister or his stepsister, I should emphasize, um, they're still like you know being super gross, flirty with each other, or like you know doing all these sort of like um teasings with each other so like even though he's still falling for reese witherspoon he's still like a crazy person that if reese witherspoon really like finds i guess she does find out the true nature of you know what was going on but his i was really intentions I, his, yes but i feel like that would run her like that would send her running for the hills finding out like what his true behavior was this whole time because it's like gross the, oh, well that's the uh Okay, he had the arc of like falling in love with Reese Witherspoon and realizing what. It, but I guess the bigger arc for him is like, oh, I don't want to fuck my sister anymore. Quite oh, an yeah. arc. And, and with Reese Witherspoon, I, I, what is the timeline of this movie? Like two weeks, three weeks? I think. I think so. I think it's like a couple of weeks. <laughs> if you told me it was a month, I would also believe that too. Right. Like right. I was a little like, okay, so Re like Reese Witherspoon's turn also was just like, oh, he's like. You know, she actually had like, oh, oh, I'm careful of you. I got the note. You're a bad dude. And I'm like, okay, she's seeing through the manipulations even when they're in the pool and stuff. And then even like that, I think all it took was to go to the nursing home. It's just like, he's a good guy. Oh, well, let's well, hold hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. <sighs> but they totally dropped the fact that she said she was seeing someone who was like backpacking in Europe. But like that. Yes. That totally gets dropped, you know. So you totally lost. There, it's not even like she feels guilty about it. Like you just. Totally I thought she was lying. About it. But he knew oh, his oh. name, so I'm like, oh, it might have been in the article. But that's so weird. Yeah. That, yeah, he does get dropped like that. But also, um, uh, Cecile, Samuel Blair's character, she is like supposed to be going out with a guy that dumped Sarah Michelle. Geller's character, and that's why they're like together. That's, that's why like Sarah Miguel, Sarah Michelle Geller uh, wants revenge, but you don't even meet this guy. The guy who is like the catalyst for this plot, like you don't even, he doesn't even get a face. I don't like. I think they mentioned his name once or twice, but then yeah. that whole thing is dropped. It's kind of like a MacGuffin, I guess. And then yeah, you because know, then there's the whole thing with like the music teacher and so forth. So and Christine Baranski. Let's not oh. forget about the mother oh. bunny. God, I anything she touches, I think, is magic. And um, she was only so, on set for like three days. It's just like I'm in, and I'm out. They made her an utter racist. Not just like a little bit of a racist. She is just like completely a racist. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is like dancing around it, but she's like, he's black. Yeah, she, this she movie is... was very lazy with that, and also just like it's. That's why I'm like. You know, you had a bunch of great movies come out in 1999. It's a pretty good year for film, and that transcend time, and that this movie stays in 1999. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yes, uh, absolutely. That and the soundtrack does that. It like seals it. Well, maybe we'll maybe get to that. I, I have a lot. <laughs> I'm like waiting for it. For this movie, like it makes sense that it would be stuck in its time because it was trying to be like a trendy movie. Again, it's doing something a few movies did before with the literature adaptation or, mm -hmm. you know, attempt. And um, this, yeah, again, the soundtrack and the cast, like everything about it is like a time capsule in a way. Right. Um, you know, maybe like not, you know, usually in a time capsule, you want to put the best of what was there. And then this, you know, this is more of like maybe a snapshot, maybe than a capsule. Uh, yeah. Photograph. I, I think those like little, <laughs> little clips of it are like, oh yeah, this movie. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, the thing is, a whole and not so much. <laughs> you know what really drove me crazy? You had that actor who's from Dawson's Creek who played like Sebastian's like gay friend. That, <laughs> oh, like, my oh my god! Oh my god! Joshua Jackson, right? And like yes. that bleached Blame. hair 
like drove me nuts. I wanted to just shave that hair off that guy's head because it looked terrible. And again, like of its time, I mean, I guess a lot of people did that at the time and it was a huge mistake to do that. <laughs> they still do it. It's still a thing, unfortunately. Why? Why? Nobody knows, but we notice when it happens. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Joshua Jackson and then um, the Gregster who refers yeah. to himself in the third person. Oh, just mm -hmm. like I wanted to turn it off every time he said the Gregster and just really irked me. Yeah, I guess they're just trying to drive in home that he's like pretending to be like a super straight macho jock. Right? Meathead. Again, everything has to be like at a 10 in this movie or, or a higher. So, like, you know, if they're yep. going to drive in that point, they really want you to know. It's like, we know, we get it, we get it. If we're on this level already. Oh, but the, that, that soundtrack, I, and I'm, I'm not even including the ending, which I actually think the uh, Bittersweet Symphony, you know, it amplifies the scene. It makes, it, you'll remember that. Like the whole, it felt like, once again, it felt like a CW show. Where it's like when the characters are sad, bah, 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 you're getting that sad trial. You're getting I like music that's so. Blind. You're getting music of the time that just like that's supposed <laughs> to tell you how you feel, whether they're in the park or about to have sex. And I'm just like, I'm in it. And then I'm like, this is so stupid. I love it. And yeah, then at one is... point, I'm just so tired of it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of like went through different phases throughout this movie where at first, like in, towards the beginning, I'm like, this is so dumb. But then I, it started to warm on me and I like kind of had fun, you know, just embracing like how dumb it all was. But then I would get annoyed, you know, and it was kind of like a cycle like that, you know, this this continuous loop of, um, yeah you know, like liking it, embracing <laughs> it, then disliking it again. Uh, circle yeah, of it, stupid <laughs> <laughs> basically i think i went through that cycle maybe like four or five times i don't know i guess i'm just scared of what duh boys never even gone to first base with a guy haven't you ever practiced on one of your girlfriends ew no it's gross well, it's not gross how else do you think girls learn okay face me now Close your eyes and wet your lips. Are you for real? You want to learn or not? I guess. See, that wasn't so scary. It was nothing. Okay, let's try it again. Only this time, I'm going to stick my tongue in your mouth. I'm looking at the soundtrack now, the official soundtrack. Uh, just some of the things, Colorblind, and uh, all these other like really staple 90s songs are just embedded in me. So that like Bittersweet Symphony comes on on the radio, and I'm like, oh, that end scene with the convertible. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm brought back to this movie. And then that's about it. Like, you're very right. It has its moments and then it doesn't. And you're like, why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, people don't really go back to it really as much. Uh, yeah, I guess at the time it made a splash, right? It was very famous at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was referenced a bunch of times. In fact, you know, I've seen Not Another Teen Movie a few times before having seen this movie. And so, again, like those scenes have been referenced, you know, like uh, or even like just like shot for shot parodied in that movie, for example. So it's like, oh, OK, like that's what this is from, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I've seen that uh, in a long time. So I'm spacing, but I'm going to have to watch that back now because I want to see. Looking at the audience score, which is in a B territory, like it, mm -hmm. people people love i mean people like going back to it as like even the people that go like i know i know it is a guilty pleasure it warms you feel of nostalgia and cult classic a, yeah, cult I, classic I, I was gonna say those two like all those things like you know <laughs> like could be separate reasons or combined reasons you know i guess if you were in high school at the time and everyone was watching this and yeah. talking about it this could be something where you know it makes you fond of those times you know and then maybe like you're gonna go easy on it even though like a, you know an 80 something percent is like still really high um right that was the score yeah 81 percent mm -hmm. i mean that's that's, that's pretty high like, that's, that's really high for something like this and then um 
yeah, like nostalgic, uh, guilty pleasure. I totally get that. If you really are a fan of these actors, you yeah, you you're gonna enjoy them hamming it up on the screen like this. Uh, you know, and yeah, like for example, if you're a Buffy fan, then right. you're going to like really enjoy Sarah Michelle Gellar being super evil as opposed to you know being a slayer of evil. <laughs> This must have been a fun movie. I mean, we've all acted before. This must have been a fun movie mm-hmm. to like. This is summer camp. You're six weeks at summer camp. It seems camp. like it. Yeah, it, seems like, it definitely seems like it. It seems like, like the kind given, of. Sorry, what are you saying? You're given like six weeks to make a movie, and and it's the best student felt like, hey, this is a pretty fun script. You get your heightened dialogue. You're a 16 year old talking like a 40 year old. I can uh, imagine <laughs> actors, yeah, especially young actors having fun playing these very heightened parts where they it's because it's not the kind of like dialogue they normally get uh, or themes or like anything that they do i mean sure teen sex is like a a thing in this movie but a lot of the subject matter aged them a whole Mm -hmm. bunch i mean it's erotic it's erotic it's erotic drama yeah yeah Yeah. fantasy elements too in a way um really uh, I, Jesus, yeah, lots of yeah. Jesus. That cross with the with the cocaine <laughs> in it. I got a kick out of that prop. And that had to have been specially made for this movie. There's no way that exists anywhere in real life. I don't know. I thought about that. Maybe not that I I need one for any of my own personal use, but I kind of like would not look for that. But I feel like it is a thing. I don't know. No, well, it could be. It, that did make me laugh. Like you know that classic. <laughs> you know movie technique it's just like well i always keep it, what i need close to my heart and like mm-hmm. on me at all times and then yeah it, it, you know it's just a bump key um, my what, secret is jesus <laughs> yeah what what made me um what makes me laugh when you see some of these like uh props like that i always like to think was this something someone found somewhere and they're like we got to use this in the movie or is it something that they like ask someone to specifically make and like the person getting this order is like wait what you want me to make a cross that opens up <laughs> with a cocaine spoon inside like either way is pretty ridiculous um for a movie like this i would say the former i would say like oh and like the guy just happened to have like we gotta put this in the movie this mm-hmm. thing is so cool let's this use it, perfect it for her this character. is an antique like mm-hmm. it could be i would believe it um, or unless they took an, an actual anti- cross, they Grandma took an actual. Used to have. <laughs> unless they took an actual cross and then like modified it, which you know I'm not like super religious, but you're kind of pushing it if you're taking an actual <laughs> cross and turning it into like a stowaway for cocaine. Uh, you know, uh, be careful. Blasphemy. Yeah, really. Just, just the worst. Um, maybe we can get into the ending I think of the so. movie now because <laughs> it is like the most iconic part. Um, I have notes. Okay. It's, oh, it's that. Sure. Icon- oh, oh, just oh. The, a moment that struck me is just the, the first it's the strings. Do, 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 do. By the time it gets to the lyrics, the principal or the headmaster finds her cross and the, <laughs> the words go, no 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 i can't change i can't change and literally he's shaking his head no to the words no <laughs> yep. no no yep, yep. the the amount of times that the and this is this goes where i actually started laughing out loud uh the amount of times that people shake like extras shake their heads like she looks out into like this uh, the sea of adults that are dressed up like high school kids and you know they do close-ups of these kids and then you just see this one goofy looking guy just go like shake his head like like he's disappointed made me that was the surprise laugh of the night when i watched this movie i i'm what so a great day to be I'm an extra so on a set I'm so glad you guys like mentioned the head shaking because that is the first thing that stood out to me. Because the thing is, like, this is, I guess, like, um, there's no more dialogue at that point in the movie, right? Because it's like, again, it's going for this stylized sort of like music video moment uh, where like her whole world is crashing down on her. But because no one can be speaking during this, the style they're going for, the only thing they can convey really for the judgment is like the head shaking. That's all they can do, really. Like, you know, you get some like glares and stuff like that but basically that's you know 
that's all you can really do to convey people are like you know shunning her now uh, disapproval so I, just, just just like all over their faces so silly it's all there. Um, i think some people be like <laughs> I have it the thumbs up, be giving her the right. thumbs up. It's just like rock on. Just for some variety, right? Like, no, right everybody. But every, everyone, even everybody. from her, her parents to the to the headmaster, <laughs> everyone is just shaking their heads. Mm-mm-mm. We, I, I'm trying to think, like, what else besides the cross? You know, I guess the journal is supposed to have everything in it, and I am also assuming the bet is in that journal. And I found this bet to be, like, so ridiculous. Like, if she wins, she gets a car. If he wins, he gets to do anal with her. That was the implication. I, I believe I believe that's true. I, that I is what right. ultimately sells him on this bet. Like, cause she's yep. like, oh, you can, like, you know, get with me. And he's like, I don't know. She's like, you can put it anywhere and anywhere. he's like oh yeah and i'm like what that, that's <laughs> what is oh yeah <laughs> like he like turns the camera that <laughs> is like the thing that sells him on this yeah. bet is like anal i i don't know that was insane to me uh but going back to the ending scene all right if that is in the journal and people are reading that and again all the weird <laughs> sort of like other sexual things they were doing with each other uh yeah, I would probably be shaking my head too. I don't know, maybe throwing up. I probably would maybe have a stronger reaction than like light head shaking. I know, Just, this yeah, is... silent head shaking. Now, if Reese Witherspoon was smart, because I don't know where she's driving off to. She still has school that her father like. School's not over yet. I get it. it no, it, it, like I get it. It mirrors, the, it mirrors the beginning, but like I, she's driving. I if if I were her, if this movie continued on for like. 10 more minutes she's driving off to like a publishing company because i feel like this book would have been like <laughs> the, the book the, is called cruel intentions i thought that was really crazy she titles the book she titles his journal the name of the movie which why even give the well, journal a title just say like this is his journal why give it a title fun fact about the title uh, and I, I, once again, this movie is so stupid that I had to like, laugh when I saw this. <laughs> the movie was originally called Cruel Inventions, but test audiences thought that made it sound like a science fiction film. <laughs> cruel Inventions. And cruel you invent Inventions. Some, you invent a machine that just like tricks you. Like you're just waiting the whole time but, for that invention. Like, but definitely Roger it? was just like, no, this is like, it's like, can you just change a little bit of the, can you change some letters? Okay, Cruel Inventions. Cruel investments, cruel. Uh, cruel intentions I, is a good title, I would say. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, but in cruel inventions, that makes me sa- think of like a guy who is just inventing like pranks or something, like all these machines that just serve to like humiliate you or something. <laughs> like, oh man, these are such cruel inventions. Yes. Now, can I? I do have a question about this, and I want to know what you each think. I want to backtrack to Sebastian's death which is this big dramatic scene in Central Park, and there's a lot of very strange elements. So he (laughs) is hit by a taxi, very fitting Mm -hmm. in New York City, goes over the roof, is in the street, and he's still talking to Reese's character. They're talking to each other before he passes away. Full-on sentences, like... Like, really having a full conversation. So we don't actually see his, his death. So my question to both of you... Do you think that he left the car to Reese or did she just like kind of not like take it? Take it? <laughs> yeah. Like, did he give it to her? Did he have time to sign a will or like last? What do you what do you think? That's a good point, which I hadn't considered because. <laughs> oh, it's why been would driving he... me nuts. I doubt that he would have had like a will written out ahead of time. That's like I leave my car to oh, Reese Witherspoon. My power of attorney is this. Yeah, like th- that's interesting. Also, I was to when he when it's revealed he died. It doesn't seem like he's about to die in that last shot of him speaking. I guess maybe he had like internal bleeding. <laughs> At least or in something. a wheelchair, he'll be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. That's what I thought. Like. I mean, I get you can get seriously hurt by being run over by a taxi. Which Internal bleeding, yeah. like something. Didn't seem to be going that fast either. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I get it, like, the for the, you know, narrative purposes, dramatic purposes. But yeah, it was just done in such a silly way 
you know, it was like they had the doves flying too. Like it was a full thing. Like the birds are going crazy. It's the freaking pigeons. <laughs> yeah, was it pigeons or doves? Um, this, <laughs> this, this poor doesn't this, matter. <laughs> this poor boy, just as soon as he becomes good, is struck down and uh, has no no other chance for redemption. My version of like, there must be a deleted scene out there of just like Sebastian has died. <gasps> He said he would leave me his car. Did, did he? Like, yes, uh, yes. Too really. late. Like, he, said, he said he would. He, like, he said he would leave. Well, that makes sense. He did love you. He, those were his last words. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, like it is like a cool shot, and I I did kind of like that. You know, like just the oh, shot yeah, of yeah. it. But then when you when again when you think about it, it doesn't really add up logically because uh, it's it almost seems like this whole movie was built towards this ending. Like it almost. I know this is based off a book. But it almost seems like this guy had maybe the director had like this scene in mind for something like, oh, this this scene where this girl, this cruel girl has her whole world fall apart around her and everyone's judging her. And he kind of maybe like built everything just towards that like final moment. Um, These dangerous liaisons. (laughs) You know what that, that title actually reminds me of? Dangerous Liaisons. It remi- yeah. Especially with like the semi-incestuous sort of themes. It reminds me of Arrested Development, like Le Cousins Dangereux or whatever that was. Like <laughs> they watched that like that movie. Um I had to rewind the movie mm-hmm. twice, uh just because I like I feel like I watched it and then I said, Wait, what? One was the Yes. One was the uh the first time uh Sebastian and Sarah Michelle Geller talk and kind of like plan out. I'm like, wait a minute, what what's what what is the catalyst for this? Like, like wait mm-hmm. a minute, what is the revenge? And I'm like, I feel like I I watched that whole scene and I had to go back and rewatch it. I'm like, what is going on? And then the build up to the ending. I'm like, whoa, like why is why they're just walking around Central Park? I I feel like I fell asleep watching this movie and then. Uh, because I, I was like, why is Sean Patrick Thomas angry? Or he's just like, they, was he following Ryan Phillippe? Oh, the, I'm like, no, this is good teacher. timing. This is good yeah. timing. And all of a sudden, this kid who doesn't look like he could fight is able to put up a fight. <laughs> yeah. Like the, with um, the shitty choreo- that shitty fight choreography. You're like, ah. It, it was kind of like, you know, I'll punch you. Now it's your turn to punch me. <laughs> like they were very yep. like civil during that, um, you know, that fight. Um I want to say I get I. After talking to people that do watch Riverdale, and it's like I feel like I'm phrasing it in a way like people who have like a disease. Uh, like I, after spending my time with people who watch Riverdale, I, it's they people know that it's stupid, and having seen a few right. episodes myself, I'm watching it going like I don't know if it's leaning, I don't know if they're aware of the stupidity. And that's the problem for me. It's like, are they leaning into it or are these people just having fun being stupid? But the audience, they know it's a like, I'm having fun. It's fun. It, and that like, it is like the pure version of a guilty pleasure. It kind and of plays like, like a I soap opera. I, yeah. yeah, I get it. I I can get why people can like it. Uh, I get, I'm trying to think. What was, was the 19- other scene? Do you, you said there were two scenes when he had to. Oh, the, do you remember the, what the other the, one was? That opening scene with where you first meet Sarah Michelle Geller and all that, and then the build up to the fight. I just I, oh, I okay. didn't understand why. I yeah, kind of feel like that. I kind of missed why Sean Patrick Thomas was angry, at, and I'm like, wait a minute, was he following him or? I think basically what happens is, um, and you're right, it's like kind of like unclear. Like Sarah Michelle Geller calls him. To come over, she says that like Sebastian hit her. Yes, and right. they established that like you know these two have like I guess like a little bit of a sexual relationship. Uh, although I don't know if any more because you see him having slept with um, Cecile at that point. I don't know. It was he it was, was weird. stupid yeah. too. He was so like easily, but these there are people that are easily manipulated. That's what this whole this movie, movie is about. It's just it it should They're be called cruel. the great manipulators. Yeah. <laughs> cruel yeah. manipulators. Dangerous manipulators. Dangerous uh, manipulators. Dangerous manipulators with dangerous <laughs> liaisons. Um they uh yeah, like I didn't really understand why he would why the music teacher would sleep with Catherine uh because like she's clearly crazy like i get okay i guess maybe she's just the seductress she hot. 
maybe like a maybe a similar thing happens in the book and then yeah keep with the sim with the thing with like being confused having felt like did i miss something that's why <laughs> i was mentioning before about like these MacGuffins of you know these boyfriends you never see come on screen because yeah. that those established like the plot but then it never comes up again so there were times where i'm like right. wait a minute like why does she want revenge against the cecile character why why does you know um she even or even like why why is sebastian helping sarah michelle geller try to achieve her goals because like it's a bet if anything he should be like trying to hinder her but then he's helping her there were like all no, these times where I'm, like, their motivations were like confusing at times or not just well established <laughs> would yeah. these two would these two kids be as popular in school as the movie gives it credit for i feel like they I would be so i feel like they would be like those two siblings that you that you think might have sex with each other <laughs> in People school probably like, would assume that sebastian acts like he's the coolest kid in school all the girls want him and i'm just like do people like and grant ryan Phillips, he's a good looking guy no doubt like but it's just like oh he is a sociopath on a <laughs> in a trench coat they established that like he's a guy who has like slept with like almost every girl in the class and i'm like how he's such a creep like, and the teacher that... too probably like it's just in... <laughs> In that yep. scene, you know, uh, where it's like, oh, it looks like she needs therapy, and then he picks up that girl right away. I'm like, he is, like, so creepy. Like, and she is, like, so into him, this, like, random girl who, like, just met him. I, I, I didn't really buy it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the actor. Maybe they could have gotten someone. I, I don't know if Ryan no, Phillippe that's is the part. thing on that. Like, I, 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 that's purely. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I got a sense can, that this is I, a guy who, like, charms his way through life, and I don't know if I found... The performance to be charming at all well he I talks like the, this yeah. why am i like why is he my life so rich lips. i see the her whole as a thing i see her yeah, as a conquest well you're right he's like constantly he does like, this lip acting thing where his pursed lips are just speaking for, and the rest of his face does nothing and that's yeah. that's his entire character and i think that that's where that loss in translation she was overcharging yeah. i had i had to mess with her she was over it's almost I a british accent it. it's an american british yes. high-end act it's posh transatlantic american. it's posh american i live on madison <laughs> Ave. I, I live near central park i that could ride be, my um... unicycle <laughs> that could be a fault know. that could be a fault with like americans assuming that if you want to sound pretentious you have to sound like english maybe or like some sort of like fake sounding english it's like my favorite yeah is with bunny she does that a lot and she's like when i found you you were on the streets and ronald says i live at 59th and park like he's that one character that's a little bit rooted in reality yeah. who's just questioning what's happening around him but bunny just says whatever yeah yeah she i mean i like i like that actress uh but she usually plays these like hoity-toity sort of like, oh yeah you know even park in the avenue Grinch. yeah <laughs> yeah even as a who Love. she's like very pretentious this movie um, needed like bill murray as like one of the like just as like the father just being self-aware of like the movie that he's in and just being like yeah crazy, i would have loved kids. one more one more self-aware character other than ronald would have made it like just so full but it you're right it's one of these movies that you have to keep coming back to because you're like wait how the heck did she end up in that car like mm -hmm. how did sarah michelle geller not get the car how what is what is happening here and i you... <laughs> thought about that the whole time this watch like this new watch i did i i couldn't stop thinking about it you know, if anything, the fact that um, the two grounded characters, you know, Reese Witherspoon and, um, you know, the uh, the music teacher, the fact that they do eventually fall into, like, the trap set for them, then mm -hmm. you lose whatever little groundedness that you had. You know, because then, yeah. like, you know, then you have the music teacher being hidden in, like, the foot of the bed in that one shot. The Murphy shot. bed. Yeah. Just in the Mur Murphy drawer. He's down there. Um, That's yeah. where he's at. And then... Um, which, by the way, why would she want to hide him from Sebastian? They're pretty open with each other about their sexual lives. Uh, I took that as him hiding, but uh, like, oh, yeah. like, someone's about to come in, and it's weird that it's your brother. Like, someone also should have been self-aware. It's like this is so weird. You guys are having sex with each other, right? 
Like, he seems to be he seems to be suspicious of them when they're like, oh, like here's like you know Cecile's like letters or we yes. have your letters from Cecile, and they're being like super weird around him, and he is suspicious yes. of them. He's like, then, what's he, going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they they show like up at weirdos. the elevator in a shot that I like. That I, I'm like, all right, this is a shot for the like it, it, it's appropriate for the movie of like him getting taking the elevator down, and they're right there. I kind of. I kind of like now, that, but the just for its stupid sake. That's the thing. Do either There's... of you watch movies though with the captions on? Because mm-hmm. I I can't watch them without captions. That's just how I TV everything. She specifically in that scene shushes him, says "shush, be quiet," and mm. then hides him. So that's like oh. I don't know if it's him or if it's her. So that's like. That's the nice thing about that. And also, if you don't watch uh, film or TV without audio describers, highly suggest it uh, just to try it out because there's a lot of things in the plot that is listed in like the details in movies uh. and stuff. So try that out. Netflix does a really good job of that. So okay. I just wanted to plug that. Indir- uh, indirect chatter, indirect chatter, <laughs> or like in, in that background. He, he drops the. Uh, black coat and falls to the ground. The doves fly. Oh, they have like the stage directions sometimes. Yes, yes. Oh, it, interesting. In, depending on what at Rebecca, I watched uh, with the captions on. That was a really good one because there's a lot happening in that. So, okay, just try it. Fair if enough. this movie's ever on Netflix, Netflix does do a good job for uh, like how uh, for deaf people who could watch mm-hmm. uh, movies and TV or low vision. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and having just like tried that out, just to be what, see what it was like, I can't imagine like man shakes his head disapprovingly. Headmaster <laughs> shakes his head disapprovingly. The pair, oh my everyone God. shakes their head disapprovingly. I need to watch that now if that ever does. Actually, now I'm going to go back and see if it's on there. <laughs> it's not on Netflix, but it, I. It's <laughs> no, on. if it's on uh, HBO Max, uh, it's HBO Max right now. And That's Hulu, how I watch I it. Something like that. I'm going to try and see what the audio describers say now. <laughs> Yeah, Man disapproving shakes. shakes. You know, oh, it's so funny. We keep bringing up like you know CW, um, you know, <laughs> and what um, Eric showed me after we watched this movie together was the first couple episodes of Gossip Girl, and I could see Gossip Girl maybe taking a few notes from this movie, but I actually was really enjoying it. And I feel like it might be my new show that I start like binging on from start to finish. You know, oh wow! Who would have thought? I've always wanted to watch that. So JJ, it, I think you've inspired me. I was this, really enjoying it. I, so I was like, to. oh my gosh, this is actually good. And if anything, it felt almost like they were improving upon a lot of aspects of this movie because <laughs> they do have a character. Um, I think his name is Chuck in the show, who's kind of like the Sebastian type, but mm. he's like way more believable because he, instead of being this like overly pretentious type, he's like more of like a detached sort of like stoner with no regard to like you know hurting other people's feelings and i was kind of buying that more i feel like they characterized the sebastian character as maybe more detached as opposed Mm -hmm. to like overly narcissistic and overly like intellectual i would have probably um been more invested in his arc or at least would have believed it more right right i'll have to watch it because i've always heard gossip girls great um what, it's what, silly, tell, but tell it's, me what what streaming service are we on? It's on Netflix. It's all oh. on Netflix. So, you know. so you're saying they improved? I once again, uh, Cruel Intentions walked in. And I totally forgot. And Gossip Girl. So Gossip Girl could like sprint because that's yeah, high end rich kids with problems. Yeah, the thing it also takes place in Manhattan. You know, kids who go mm-hmm. to like a prep mm-hmm. school. There's like you know this drama. You know, like people sleeping with each other and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. It just flowed better. You know, even though C- a lot of CW shows have like very silly dialogue. Um, I don't know. There was just something about it that was a little more inviting, maybe, so to speak. Like, I feel like there's something a little isolating about Cruel Intentions, especially with the two leads, you know, who think they're so smart. It's kind of off. You just have at times. so many questions about it. You're just sitting there questioning the entire film. That's, That's the thing. I, the reaction I, you have. I feel like I was, I, it's, Gossip Girl can be charming at times from what I've seen. And this movie is not really charming despite like trying really <laughs> hard to be. And uh, you know, that's probably uh, one of its biggest misfires. I hate it when things don't go my way. It makes me so horny. 
hate it too. Seems like things are looking up for you. It appears so. Any luck with your girl? Moving along quite well. Have you succeeded in your death? Any day now. If there's any other aspects of this movie, I feel like we've covered a lot of this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Cruel Intentionites will be very happy with our analysis. Will they? I feel like we kind of were like being very critical. So I think, they, I think they'll agree. I mean, I would love, hey, if to anyone out there, to our dividends, as our fans are coy, to our fans. As no one calls them. Although my mom It's not a great like, name. No, my mom texted me saying, like, oh Dividends, that's the name of a good fan I think base. And I'm Dan, like, All right. Dan, Con Dan Conroy came up with that name for us, and I thought it was really <laughs> funny, and I like it, but it's also, like, ridiculous, um, the Dividends. That being said, if there's anyone out there who has my number, or I, look, if, if you really like this movie non-ironically, I'm curious. I like. I, you're allowed to have this as your one. You're allowed to like this movie. I'm just very curious as to why. Not well, okay. ironically, you can't go into this going it's stupid, and I, that's why I love it. I'm I'll just say very this: curious. the probably the best acting moment for me in this movie was when um, Sebastian like tries or he breaks up with Reese Witherspoon, you know, and he's like crying because he doesn't really want to do it. And I thought Sobbing. like, yeah, and I thought like, okay, like it maybe like. An iso that isolated scene by itself, like, kind of works. You know, I'm buying, I'm buying, I, you know, there's, I, I liked it. I, I bought that, okay. even though, like, again, I don't really care about this character or his emotions, but I thought that was, like, you know, a good, um, you know, maybe like a highlight performance for that actor in this movie. Like, if he had one bright spot throughout the right. whole movie, I would point to that scene. Apparently, he threw up after that scene because he yeah, was. They, they were. Well, it, it's very emotionally draining. And he, oh, him and, okay. Him and Reese were like dating. Mm -hmm. I don't. I. I don't really. We don't really see Ryan Philippi in a lot of stuff. So I. I want to. Not I anymore, at is, least. I, I guess it's his best performance. This is the performance <laughs> he'll be. Maybe. That one scene, though, JJ, I have to say that I had a big problem with it because. Really? And I want to know what you guys think if I if I like it or not. But um, th that scene to me, they walk into her new bedroom. She says, this is my bedroom. Do you think we can be quiet? And the scene ends with her full on screaming at him to get out so yes. you're right it is very emotionally heavy and it just is very emotionally driven so but i just had like to wasn't she just saying to be quiet like why is she screaming <laughs> your, pr He's your not problem killing with it is her like Fletcher, is it might wake louise fletcher <laughs> well i did i did think like, she, at one point at one point she does towards the end of that scene scream like don't touch me don't and, touch like, me get it out sounds like, it sounds like a struggle and it's like at that point i would think maybe a parent would come in like kind of concerned right somebody would be concerned if they heard her yelling like that somebody would come to the but no parents ever intervene other than bunny like yeah well maybe that kind of sums it up aunt. where you know this movie like you know is focusing more on like the emotions and not really mm -hmm. focusing on like you know the logic behind you know some of Anything. these like narrative choices um uh, uh, quick question uh, and uh, yes. this is probably a good um uh, this movie came out in 1999 as i said like a couple times mm -hmm. uh in addition to other movies that came out in 1999 in this like you had she's all that varsity mm -hmm. blues 10 things i hate about you uh what does this movie deserve a place in like the top 10 of this genre like the, we're, we're and maybe not in yours but like if you were to make a, a an objective as possible list of top teen movies does this Something. movie deserve a spot well honorable mentions about, as well if you're talking about just from the 90s or even the late i, w I would honestly say that late 90s teen movies were yes. like very watchable but maybe not the best of its kind i mean like right. she's all that is fun I'll but it's also that. very it's also it's very stupid dumb. 
It's yeah. very misogynistic. Yeah. Very, it has lots of problems. It's oh, like yeah, ridiculous. But it's, they're all dancing at the end. Come on. Uh, they all know so how to basically, dance. I mean, I would say uh, like this movie is maybe um, emblematic of the teen movies that are coming out at the time sure. uh, that were easily lampooned. Where, you know, like in 95, right before this era, you had like a great teen movie in Clueless, right? Yeah. And then, like right. a few, and then you know, like five years later, you have like Mean Girls, which we discussed in an earlier episode. So that is know, totally what I relate this to. Is like on a scale of one to Mean Girls, where does Cruel Intentions lie? I think a lot of times <laughs> when you talk about the best teen movies, right. like you're talking about movies that are better than something like this, right? Like, like this is part of the pack, I would say, mm-hmm. of like how dumb teen movies can be. <laughs> And then you get movies like Clueless or Mean Girls that stand out above a movie yes. like this. Yeah. But so you, I guess, this is kind uh, of what you're comparing it to. I I agree with you, and I would just like I guess this movie kind of defied a little like when you hear Bittersweet Symphony, you think of this. This movie has a not the biggest staple in pop culture history, but it made its mark. It made a splash at the Inter- time. Erotic anything, teen drama, cruel intentions. It, it got its famous moment. Right. For yes. better or for worse, it is a famous moment that, um, you know, if it's the only thing that lasts or endures, <laughs> then it's better than nothing, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I hey, agree. Not a know, ringing uh, endorsement, but. Yeah, I know. Some hey, famous, <laughs> infamously. You, Just to prove people it. Go, yeah, people, it's, people are going to know your name. It endures and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As student body president, I've tried to set an example in myself. Unfortunately, the one person I could not reach out to in time was my stepbrother, Sebastian. I know he's looking down on us today and... Um, I know he's looking down on us today and he'd want me to say... He'd want me to say, Kath... He'd want me to say, Catherine, I'm sorry. What is going on? Don't you people have any respect? Um, but uh, I think maybe yeah. we're at the, the point where we can give our own final like assessment and score on cruel intentions. Um, so Mel, as our guest, start us off. What would be like your final thought and your your uh, ultimate percentage score for Cruel Intentions? So my uh, personal view on this, I am actually a really big fan of '90s camp, and I think I don't know why this movie comes to mind, but like The Parent Trap, very campy, mm-hmm. and I like that movie for that reason. I think that. Cruel Intentions for me is on that scale of like, oh, we're going for full camp here. Like, we're not shying away from anything. I actually really like this film. (laughs) It bothers me so much. It's just like one of those love to be irked by it. I love Mm. to be (laughs) like, I love questions or questions, movies that make me question what's happening. I kind of need that. Otherwise, it's just background noise. So... I would say I agree with the audience. I would probably give it 75%. Okay. Cast, music, camp. Okay. Yeah, what do you think, that's Keith? That's for me. Uh, Thanks, Mel. Mel, yeah. with that, I can, I can completely understand that opinion. I think you actually put it very well. Thank uh, you. I don't want to discredit the guilty pleasureness <laughs> of side, but then again, this movie is... This as a movie, if I, if this was, oh my God, this movie's stupid. And at times it's, at time in the beginning, it's kind of fun, stupid, you're along for the ride. And then it kind of overstays its welcome by the end. Enough that when the, when the final scene came on, I was just like, okay, this is the famous scene. Can we just get this over with? Hmm. Uh, oh, I yeah. am going to give it a, a 45. Oh, wow. A bit all over the board on this one. Yeah. Um, divided. AF, JJ. Yeah, yeah, we no pressure. 
<laughs> That's kind of the idea here <laughs> on this podcast. Hey. Um, <laughs> she said it. She, <laughs> cruel Intentions. <laughs> That's the name of our. That's the name cr- of the book. Cruel we're release Inventions. A, cruel Inventions. We're going to release a journal called Divided Films, and people are going to shake their heads at us after they read it. As Bittersweet see, Symphony uh, plays. I can, see, I can see every one of our guests singing uh, Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> Sorry. Change, all, can change. All, I can do, see all do, of our do, guests, do, all of our do, past do. guests, just shaking their heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this episode. So, um, yeah, you know, mixed feelings for me because <laughs> I think it is, like, watchable. And I guess if you, you know, if you go into it, like, maybe with a glass of wine, ready to just kind of, like you know, enjoy the absurdity of it all. Um, I could see the value in that. I just question how much of that is intentional. I feel like what they set out to do was to make like a, maybe like an, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say like, like an Oscar bait kind of thing, but they definitely wanted to make Mm. something that would be like respected more than it is. And something that like would be considered deep, but it's not. Um, so, you know, the watchability factor probably saved it because it's just so ridiculous. Um, but I'll probably give it. I had to give this like a fifty-eight, basically. Okay. I I knew you were gonna say like sixty. I had yeah, a feeling. I can't give it the fresh. I just no, really no, can't. No, no, that's fine. Um, you know, it's nearing it. Like you know, it just um, it's trying really hard. It's almost trying a little too hard. Uh, that you can sure. tell. So um. What would be what would be our final score here, Keith? Oh my close. god! Oh my Are god! Are we doing math? Is that? Yeah, I, I, I do the I, cruelest I, intention of all math, and, and the cruelest, cruelest invention, invention. Of all by, <laughs> yes. on a cell phone. Uh, I usually, I, I just want to preamble that I usually, even though it may not be my score, the ultimate score for what we give these movies, I usually end up agreeing with. I think it's right. This movie is a, comes out to a fifty nine point three. Oh, that is our closest yet that is to the, the fresh score. Oh, Whoa. But it's still rotten. It's Whoa. still rotten. It's oh, on man. the cusp. It doesn't even round up to a 60. I am so honored right now, you guys. Oh, wow. Thank as you. a nail biter. And I kind of, that's I'll, like, I'll, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll agree with that. I can, I think there's yeah. enough people to, I think what the, I think the 81% speaks for itself that enough people do. I think a lot of people see it your way, Mel. You know, I'll say this movie has this distinction. Of all the movies we've gotten rotten scores, it has the highest. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good good fail. It's a good. It's a good fifty-nine. F plus. I'm happy with it. I'm definitely happy with that. Uh, I could. uh, I could stand by that. Um. All right. So, uh, it's official. Uh, for a cruel intentions, we are officially siding with the critics. Um. So. Um, Sign language applause, waving uh, my hands. So we'll put that in the captions, but that doesn't work on podcasts. Uh, so uh, thanks, Mel, for uh, joining us for yes, the podcast. Thank you guys. It's been a thanks pleasure having, having you on. Um, this was fun. Yeah, anytime. Definitely would love to have you back again. Uh, we have for plenty cool of intentions uh, too. Cool <laughs> inventions with Amy Adams. The sequel. <laughs> Crueler oh intentions, God. maybe. Straight to DVD, so maybe not. Okay, you never yeah, know. those don't count. Um, but uh, thanks, Mel, and um, you know uh, everyone out there. Please uh, join us again another time for another divided film. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks all. Bye.